Today we are recording from one of Get Living's apartments. We're in the former Athletes Village from the 2012 London Olympics. We're a stone's throw from the Olympic Park and we can even see the city. So Get Living London are an award-winning residential owner. There's no deposit and no fees with them, just longer tenancy agreements with built-in flexibility. So you can settle down in your new home but still have the freedom to change. Yeah, and if you want someone with an unreal view, then highly recommend The Bulls are shown. The Bulls are shown. The Bulls are shown. Hello and welcome to The Bull Sessions, a podcast where we delve into the lives and stories of successful millennials. My name is Ross Jeffries and I'm joined by Tom West as always. Hello, Ross. For session three, we have Andy Shovel, co-founder of both Chosen Bun and more recently, Not Meat. Andy, thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. How are you doing today? Yeah, very well. I was hot, now I'm less hot. Yeah, yeah we're, so in, we're in a good location. <laughs> we're in a great location, aren't we? We're in uh, one of Get Living's uh, flat accommodations. Which is what, Ross? Flats. Where is it? It is in the old Athletes Village mm. here in Stratford. Mm. We can see we can see the city, but much closer we can see Westfield and we can see the Olympic Park. We can. And we're, yeah, what are we, like 10 stories up? So yeah. it's pretty cool. It is cool. Mm. It's really cool. Um, Usain Bolt didn't stay in this flat. Mm. Yeah, well, we'll say he did, just for the purpose of mm. you know, PR. Um, <laughs> yeah. Should we do our review of the week? We can definitely do that, can't we? Because we do it. As of one episode ago, we started doing a, a review of the week. So, from someone called Keeping Up With The Joneses, they said, I love listening to these. Such good guests, interesting topics, and very well hosted. My only change, very minor, would be trying to make it louder. I struggle to hear this when I'm on the train. Well done, boys. And in fairness, that's kind of what we want. Yeah. We want to have constructive criticism. Yeah. Um, so that's really good. But without further ado, Let's I think it, we should get an overview of what Andy is up to at the moment. Cool. Uh, so um, we, well, I say we, I have another half in business called Pete, uh, who sadly couldn't join us. But um, basically, we used to work in fast food in a business called Chosen Bun. Uh, and we sold that business in 2016. Uh, it was a gourmet burger delivery company. Uh, we had innovative packaging that we designed and patented. Um, and we sold it to a large fast food group and then took some time off. And I went traveling. Uh, Pete got married. Um, <laughs> I know who got the better deal on that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah well, the jury's out on that one. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so um, then uh, basically we spent a lot of time deciding what to do next. And um, we basically looked at everything. Um, so we looked at barbers, uh, starting at barbers. We looked at uh, sending mail order pharmaceuticals out to people, like prescriptions. Uh, we looked at a robotic bar concept that we wanted to roll out. We looked at manufacturing French fries in a big facility. We looked at like endless things, more mortgages. We were looking at doing a mortgage alternative for first time buyers, like all kinds of stuff. And then we narrowed the criteria a bit to um, something that's good for the world, something that could get really, really massive and something that plays into like our skills that we've already learned. Uh, so that's how we ended up on Not Meat, basically, um, which I should add is changing its name quite shortly. Um, and uh, it's basically we're pre-launch. We're like three months, four months away from launching into retail and food service. And it's plant-based um, meat alternative products uh, with, we hope, world-leading uh, realism in terms of taste and texture. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's basically a breakdown of what we've been up to, I guess, why I've been up to. There's a, there's a lot of questions. I've got a lot of questions. Yeah. I think, I think and I think we probably have to go back 
to go yeah, forward yeah, and got, understand why that. you got to the not meet. Yeah, it's it's a nice little uh, nice little story, I think. Yeah, well, um, Chosen Bun started in uh, well, really the the ball started rolling in 2012, mm-hmm. um, and when all that was on over there in the Olympic Park, um, <laughs> actually, I remember watching it at the same time as thinking about this Chosen Bun. And um, basically, uh, I was working in my recruitment company that I set up uh, after uni. That was my first business, and um, I had sort of got over the excitement of having my own business and it was getting a bit uh, sort of falling out of love with recruitment a bit mm-hmm. um it it wasn't a failure and, and it wasn't a great success it kind of gave me like a decent living yeah um and my godfather uh, actually took me to a new restaurant concept called coca de mama mm-hmm. um which is very successful now i think there's about 25 of them yeah um the founder was there really nice guy who's actually just texted me about five minutes ago which is weird <laughs> um and Give uh, us a shout out yeah, yeah. <laughs> And um, they, I just sat there with him watching this Daniel run around. Um, I don't know if Daniel knows he's the reason for Chosen Bun. He is. And I watched him run around, like having loads of fun, being really dynamic and like solving problems and looking really stressed, um, but fun. And I thought, I really want to do this, like this is class. So I literally decided then I was going to start a food business. Uh, sold uh, most of Recruitment Squares to um, uh, my business partner there. And then went off to um, basically find a niche within food. Mm-hmm. Um, realized that burgers, you couldn't really get a good burger delivered at home. So true. Mm. Um, things have changed a bit now, but back then uh, you couldn't. When was, so this was 2012, 2013? yeah. I started writing a business plan. Mm-hmm. And then at around that point when I started doing that, um, I met Pete, who's my business partner still. And we basically knocked out the business plan and then went to, I had a little bit of cash from Recruitment Squared and Pete had a little bit of savings. And so we um, put some money in ourselves to get the ball rolling, but then we got investment from some angels. Yeah. Uh, and so that project then kicked off in 2013 mm-hmm. um, with our store in Fulham. Uh, we quickly got um, busy there and was successful. It was kind of like, comparable to the local Domino's store, which was a really blockbuster store. Mm. Um, so it was good, right? We, we did a lot better than we thought. And then uh, focused on trying to grow the business. Um, and then in 2016, we basically were approached to sell the business um, by, uh, they were actually investors in Chosen Bun, and they also own a large fast food group. Um, they're basically the biggest Domino's pizza um, franchisees. Oh, right. In Europe, I think. Um, so yeah, that is like as big as you could get, really, right. for what you were aiming for and what it probably was at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so they they bought the business, um, and uh, then we basically, yeah, like like I said earlier, we um, can't remember if that was recording or not, but um, we, <laughs> t- I think it was. So anyway, I took some time off uh, as did Pete, and yeah, I went travelling mm-hmm. um, and had loads of fun. Just did fun things I've wanted to do forever. Because uh, neither of us had more than like, you know, five grand in our account ever. Mm. Yeah. Um, so it was nice to have some actual money that, you know, like just not being sort of, you know, ha- not hard up, I would say, but mm. like just having spare cash to spend yeah, was, yeah. was nice. And so then, uh, yeah, basically that took us to um, starting our new new business. But you um, mentioned doing fun things there. Mm. One thing I do sort of need to ask about Chosen Bun is why on earth? would you send a burger and chips <laughs> into space? Oh, yeah. yeah. I completely forgot about that. So we did a few videos, actually, um, along, and they were all supposed to be showcasing our packaging. 
because yep. we design and pattern this cool packaging that work yeah. really well at keeping the burger like not misshapen and mm-hmm. aerated and stuff mm-hmm. and um that one was you know again designed to kind of like show that if you send a burger up to space and back it'll be in good nick with our packaging uh, so um but obviously the another objective was to to get people interested and yeah. you know to, to do some marketing with it um so we tried like three times i think we failed miserably a couple of times uh, like once we sent it up really successfully and we know it got to about 150,000 feet um, but the camera stopped recording at 10 feet <laughs> and, and we found it, um, 50 miles away, um, with a GPS transponder mm-hmm. and everything. And we were like, oh my God, like, we're going to be, you know, famous. This is unbelievable. And we looked at the first and it was like, just cut out after oh 10 no. feet. It was hilarious. <laughs> you literally just saw us waving goodbye. And, <laughs> and that was it. Off it went. Yeah, Do it you send it up in a, in like a, one of those balloons? Yeah. So the way we did it was we built a aluminium rig, um, we put an insulated box on it yeah like a polystyrene box um and then inside was a gps transponder mm-hmm. a mobile phone and uh a gopro and burger and chips yeah and, and on top of that was um a, like a really enormous helium balloon um so we went for i mean the site because the balloon changes size Gets, they just it just expands bigger they? Yeah. yeah so when it was at the top we were told by the balloon people it was about the size of a bus um, oh so it, when it was on the ground, it was the size of about a small car. Yeah. Um, and it, anyway, it was huge. Um, we needed like three massive helium tanks. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, do you need to... I was, was going to say, like, are you allowed to just give <laughs> yeah. it a go? Like, yeah. Um, so no, is the answer. I th- would have thought so, yeah. And we did give it a go the first time because um, we were a bit naive and we just thought we could. Mm-hmm. But then we looked at the footage and we weren't a thousand miles away from a passenger jet at about 30,000 Yeah, feet. that's what I was going to ask. Yeah, so, I mean, it wasn't dangerous, but like we weren't like a million miles away. Mm. So we then realized we had to get permission. So we, for the other two attempts, we got the CAA involved and they, they told us we could launch and wear and stuff. Wait, so what the, then the planes have to be notified there's a floating burger around i think what more was the case is that they just told us where to not go uh, okay because i think that first time we accidentally went quite near to an airport yeah or like at least a flight path or something mm-hmm. um so, so you'd have yeah. been famous but yeah definitely not for the reason, right yeah. way yeah. and chosen bomb would have been no more would it just no all over the news it would have definitely <laughs> struggled um, that would have been also such a galling way to end up in high security. Mm. <laughs> <So> yeah, <laughs> you'd have been with the murderers. Can you imagine? Yeah. it's like the least hard thing ever. Like, why are you here, mate? Oh, like I downed a passenger jet with a balloon. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, you probably wouldn't get messed with if, if, if you could do that much damage. Yeah, absolutely. Like, just no more than a balloon and a burger. Yeah. Just the most resourceful murderer ever. <laughs> did it uh, like get a good traction once you'd done it? Yeah, yeah, it did. The, the video got, I think, about 150,000 views or something. That's pretty good. Um, and it was it was just great fodder for our customers. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we were quite big on the idea of, you know, just create as many opportunities as you can to make customers fall in love with you. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that was just a good way. And Were there any other attempts? Like any other weird ways that you thought about um, or videos, toyed with? Yeah, like videos we did. Uh, one we ca- The first one was we ca- catapulted a burger from the street to like three stories up when someone was waiting <laughs> and got them to like seamlessly eat it. Um, <laughs> it was almost quite funny, actually, but it just didn't quite make it on the viral. Uh, but it was quite fun. Uh, and then the other one we did, which was mostly an excuse for a holiday, was that we bought a 300-pound Rover uh, 75 and we um, s- drilled holes in the roof and bolted a burger to it. Yeah. And then we drove it through 12 countries to Istanbul. 
um, <laughs> and like we had a GoPro attached to the roof so that you could, you know, that we could do time lapse shots and mm-hmm. stuff going through countries, and that was fun. Um, again, didn't go viral, but our did customers it, liked it. How did it taste in Turkey? Uh, absolutely didn't try it. That's a shame. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it could have been rancid. Yeah, because yeah. I've seen the one you didn't try it either when it went up to space, did you? Because no. it was freezing. Yeah, I, I actually I think froze when it was up there, um, and then and then came down and was like thaw thawing. Mm, um, probably probably wise to steer clear of that one. Yeah, exactly. Um, in case you have any nerd listeners, really nerdy listeners, it was actually near space technically where we went to. Mm-hmm. Where does space start? Space <laughs> yeah. starts There's apparently about four hundred thousand feet. Yeah, um, and we went about one hundred and thirty thousand feet. So high. It's not bad. Though, the, yeah, the atmosphere's thin, and if you watch the video. Um, when the balloon pops and it's going down for the first few seconds, there's no noise, there's no wind because mm-hmm. the air's so thin up there. Mm-hmm. So it's like pretty You can see close. space. Like you can see yeah. space is there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's all about. It's in space yeah. in my book. Proves the flat earth is wrong anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also wanted to ask, because you, you said you had a recruitment business before, mm-hmm. did you always want to own your own business? Because it sounds like through these, these three things that you've done, there's never been any sort of like, oh, I might actually just get a normal job. Yeah, no, there, there hasn't really. I've, I've had, I, my only really normal job was working at McDonald's um, before Chosen Bun. Yeah. I did for a few months just to like learn the ropes of fast food. Um, and I was going to get fired. Um, and the guy got me into the room to get fired. And I was quickly like, I quit. Because I thought to have a 100% <laughs> record of being fired would be a bad move. Um, but I've never wanted uh, a really normal job, to be yeah. honest. Um, it's just not me. I don't think I... I'm quite bad with, um, as I'm sure most people are, like I'm just not very good at um, being given instructions. Mm-hmm. So I think I wouldn't have fitted in very well into the normal workplace. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I did always pretty much know, to be honest. Um, I worked for a start- someone else's startup for nine months, actually, after uni before Recruitment Squared. Uh, that was like a drinks business. Mm-hmm. Um, sadly, that folded because uh, they, well, various reasons, but um, but it got some good. I got some good experience. Yeah, yeah. And what what did you learn in McDonald's as well? A lot, actually. Um, the idea was to like, you know. Did you know you were going to do Chosen Bun at that point? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the idea was like, okay, I've never done food, and I want to set up a food business. Like, I need to learn from the best in class. And whether you like or loathe McDonald's, like they are amazing operators. Mm. So I took quite a lot from it. You know, just really nitty gritty things like cleaning rotors. Um, and like, you know, uh, shift, how the shifts might work and like all kinds of stuff, really. It was really useful. I'd recommend anyone uh, do the same if, if they're trying to start, you know, whatever kind of business it is. And it was Chosen Bun was purely delivery or was there actually a restaurant side to it as well? There was a restaurant side as well. It was about 70%, 30%. Okay. Um, in favor of delivery. Yeah. yeah. We serviced like most of Southwest London. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's still quite small. Um, and we had a fleet of about 15... 20 bikes depending on what month you're in and they were electric and mopeds uh, initially just mopeds actually um so yeah we we did mostly just do delivery it is a genius idea because like i did i hadn't heard about it before well, and this is way before someone like ago. deliveroo as well, well yeah, isn't yeah, it but no deliveroo when deliveroo deliver burgers they're terrible don't get a burger from deliveroo would be my message to the listeners because <laughs> it, it's rubbish mm. it's all flat but talking like, about that and obviously market research. Yeah. You did do, having looked at like your TED Talk and things like that, you did do an awful lot of market research. Like yeah. an, an obscene amount. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, with our new business, um, you know, we're doing we're doing the same thing. Mm. Um, we're going nuts on like trying everything and learning everything. You know, it's. I just think it's a lot of stake. Um, don't Good pun. Around. Um, Good pun. Great pun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just gets the meat of the issue. <laughs> um, so, um, so anyway, so yeah, we did do a lot for Chosen Bun. We traveled around uh, the States mainly. Mm-hmm. Um, we spent a few weeks in the States just trying burgers. It almost killed us. We, we had an unbelievable amount of beef. Like a lot of people think it's made up. Like, oh, you just want a story. But like, it is actually true. We ate like thousands of burgers throughout the, that kind of year. Um, and it, when we were in the States, it was a pretty like disciplined routine of like basically normal breakfast, mm-hmm. but small so you can have then a burger at like 11, then a burger at lunch, and then a burger at like two, <laughs> wait a few hours, then a burger again at uh, dinner, and then maybe another one late at night. Like it was proper, like we were there for a reason. We were not messing around. Um, so what yeah. Was it, and this was Monday to Sunday every week or did uh, you need some time off? Because surely that would just... We were there <laughs> like a day. I don't know if I could do that. Don't yeah. eight burgers yeah. in two days. Well, the trick is <laughs> not to finish the burgers. So, uh, yeah. so we, like we mm. eventually, we started off finishing them yep. and we quickly learned that like that wasn't sustainable. Mm. So what we would do is have maybe half each um, and then, and then that we could have more in the day. Because I suppose you were looking at things like taste differences and rather than just for finishing a burger. Yeah. 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 So we want to look at you know, all the different ingredients that were on offer, like meat quality. Mm-hmm. And if there's something we loved you know we'd either just note it down or we'd go and speak to the chef try and get a bit more info um so yeah it was very useful um and sometimes you learn unexpected things like you might be there to taste the burger but you might learn about like uh some cool napkin or like you know whatever <laughs> i don't know i'm trying to think like what but yeah i'm just a big believer in like if you're entering a market like you've got to give assess. yourself the best chance possible yeah like mm. you've got to assess all the best in class yeah mm-hmm. if that's in america then you've got to go there fair enough i wanted to ask about your your gherkins yeah because i saw that you did a lot of pickle research as well yeah we did um i like pickles i just wanted to like kind of discover what you learned about them shout out to the pickle fans how do you tell how do you tell the difference between like a good pickle and a bad pickle yeah so we um tried all of the more commercial pickling outfits (laughs) uh and they weren't up to scratch um there was no crunch compared to the like, more artisanal stuff and like um it was just the brine was like too saturated in the brine. um we basically just weren't impressed with like all of the larger brands yeah so um we eventually sought out a guy called nick vadaz who had a company called nick's pickles and we were really impressed with him We've, we found him in east london somewhere mm-hmm. i think he was in borough market or something and um and so yeah we, we he was actually quite expensive no disrespect to Nick, um, but he was more expensive than any other option we had. Yeah. But we, they were really good, so we used them. Um, but sometimes that can be the case, because a yeah, lot of the time yeah. you do get what you pay for. And you want the best yeah. pickles, yeah. so you pay, pay a premium for it. Yeah. yeah. No point in yeah, <laughs> wasting money on some <laughs> shit pickles. Yeah, second-class yeah. pickle. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then, I suppose, how did it kind of grow once you've got this first shop set up and you're delivering across London, did you say? How's it... Um, so, so the idea was basically grow sales in Fulham mm-hmm. and then roll out into more stores. Yeah. And, you know, Chosen Bun, luckily for us, had a good outcome in that we successfully sold. Yeah. And that's great. But I guess the, the less successful part of the story is that we were ready to scale up quite quickly in the sense that 
like we got our sales to um, like a really good level in Fulham quite quickly. Mm-hmm. So we were ready to scale up and we went on the property drive and we couldn't for the life of us secure a property yeah. in London. Um, we had probably about 14 or 15 fallen through deals. Really? It was, it was like stranger than fiction in the end. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Like we just kept on trying to get more properties um, and each one would have a different magical reason why we failed to get it. Mm-hmm. So I think that was that was really like frustrating for us. It was a period of about, I don't know, nine months, maybe a year even, where we just couldn't get one. We had the funding in place, everything was in place and just didn't happen for us. Um, kept on getting outbid or landlords said no or agents messed us around. So yeah, that was that was the biggest challenge for us. And then when we sold, we had kind of sites about to open in, in Oxford and Cambridge Yeah, because um, our investors basically had the properties. But obviously we wanted London. We didn't get it. So it was a bit, it's always, always be a big kind of not regret, but like disappointment for me that couldn't have, couldn't have, yeah, rolled out in London a bit more. Shame, but didn't manage to make it happen. It wasn't through lack of trying though, because yeah, then that yeah, would yeah. have been a regret rather yeah. than anything else. You, you did go out there, like you say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We did really go out there and try, but it just didn't happen for us. And I think, I think actually having now with the benefit of hindsight, I think it's symptomatic of the London property restaurant or restaurant property scene mm-hmm. like it's really there are so many operators mm. hungry for sites and not that many properties um, and now we've been hearing it from everyone like all the operators we know have been telling us it's hard to pin down properties for it and then you did have Deliveroo sort of step in as well didn't you so that yeah. might have possibly caused some other issues but yeah we just almost wasn't your problem anymore was it yeah exactly um, you're off traveling yeah exactly yeah <laughs> yeah exactly having zero burgers no to burgers. eat yeah yeah <laughs> how, how did um the did you want to sell it at that point or was it you kind of take were you kind of taken by uh thing by surprise when they asked um you we were taken by surprise yeah so we weren't like looking for a buyer or anything mm-hmm. um but when when they did approach us to buy it you know we kind of weighed it up and we we thought well there are many factors but like a um, you know, with Deliveroo coming on the scene and it looked by that point that they were going to potentially be big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was not much like concrete evidence that that would happen, but it just, I got the feeling that they were going to start being massive. And um, I thought that's going to really disrupt the takeaway sector. Um, you know, the amount being offered was really decent and we just thought, you know, we'd be perhaps regretful if, if we didn't make it work and we didn't take it. And, mm-hmm. and also, frankly, like we backed ourselves to set something else up and you know like we we had the self-belief to like you know take take that and then make something more of it which is now what we're trying to do um so yeah we just decided on balance it was best to take it and what year did you sell it 2016 okay so not even that long ago no that's crazy and then obviously you've been effectively ocd about burger tasting (laughs) you've literally tasted thousands of burgers at this point look to scale up and then you think Obviously, at this point, you've come back from traveling. Yeah. And you almost decide to do almost the complete opposite thing of what you were selling yeah. by selling something that doesn't have any meat in it whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. Why did you go yeah. from selling burgers hand over fist mm. to then going, we're literally just going to sell plant-based foods only? Mm. It's quite an unusual genesis for a vegan brand. Um, but basically, um, as I alluded to earlier, like we looked at loads and loads of things mm-hmm. and kept finding reasons why, you know, they wouldn't work. So our approach was basically to like work for 
from about a few days and the longest we spent on one idea was maybe like two months three months and then we'd keep keep plowing on until we found a reason not to do it Mm -hmm. and that kept happening with all our ideas then when we narrowed the criteria a bit and we came up with um you know a plant-based um meat alternative brand we just couldn't find a reason why we shouldn't do it so we we kept doing it and and in terms of why we gravitated to it you know it, it it just ticked all the boxes for us and also we felt like there was a lot of room in the market for a brand that is run by um meat eaters mm-hmm. at least at the time I, I hope to become vegetarian or vegan or both uh, you know at some point um i've been trying and failing <laughs> how's, how's um, that going yeah it's i failed again <laughs> um <laughs> I like to think I, 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 I'm, you know, not a serial uh, kind of failure, but, but I think when it comes to the vegan thing, I am failing quite serially. Um, and anyway, so, so um, yeah, we just thought like, you know, a lot of the, a lot of consumers like us and potentially you guys, if you're meat eaters. Yes. I'm a huge, much, yeah, yeah, definitely so, massively. So I wouldn't speak for you guys, but for us um, as meat eaters, we felt like a lot of the vegetarian and vegan brands were like almost not designed for us like nope. they, we no, felt alien buying it 100 yeah. percent. what is it you're, you're like your number one leading product oh it's tofu yeah how yeah, much yeah. can you sort of flavor that i've never had it but mm. more sort of out I don't, it's not very nice. point blank refusal yeah. but yeah so <laughs> doesn't sound appealing does it but <laughs> so so yeah we, we basically felt like a lot of the products in the in the uk especially um we almost felt like we were the wrong demographic for them and, and if consumers feel like that then there's definitely room for something you know to come along and say hey you mr M- mr or mrs meaty so you're for us um so uh that's what we're trying to do basically we're trying to start a brand that um has really really good realism to meet because that's what people like we know that and also um to make meaty just feel really comfortable so that's the brand building side of it we want to build a brand that is playful maybe pokes fun at tofu mm-hmm. and those kind of products. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to come in and like make some noise and be a bit abrasive. Mm. Um, and the plan is to try and onboard meat eaters. Mm. So why, so you say that you fail at being a vegan. Mm. Why do you think that is? Is it because there isn't the alternative? Yeah. I'd say honestly, it is because there is, uh, there are no really credible meat alternatives for me personally. Yeah. So like, for instance, uh, there's a company called Beyond Meat mm-hmm. in the uh, in the US. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've, seen that. I've seen that as well. Yeah. Yeah. They're coming over here, uh-huh. um, which is great, we think, because to grow the sector is great. Yeah. Uh, and they have a, a fairly decent burger product, I'd say. I wouldn't say it's perfect, but it's decent. I tried it today. It's it's uh, the only place you can get it in the UK right now is in Honest Burger in King's Cross. And I actually went today to try it before this. Um, and um, I... You know, it got me. It really got me thinking that it validated this thesis that, like, if you create a really decent alternative and you slop loads of like um, familiar ingredients all over it, you know, like a great bun and great sauce. You know, mm-hmm. Honest Burger is a good outfit. Mm. And uh, I didn't. I wasn't left wanting at the end. And I am, you know, a burger man. I would say. Yeah. Um, you know, like passion, yeah, I think passionate. I think you qualify. Yeah. To be fair. <laughs> yeah, like I, I really am, and, and so the fact that I wasn't, um, you know, I didn't have that normal emptiness that mm-hmm. I have if I have like tofu or other meat alternative products. And I, and I think as a meat eater, and you were offered something that tastes as good, if not better, you know, it's healthier for you, better for the environment. 
Mm. Why would you have meat at that point? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because I was reading something on um, a celebrity that might come up in a later game that we play in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> he owns a like a, a water charity, mm-hmm. and he tried to go vegan but kept failing. Mm. But the reason he was doing it wasn't because of like the animal activism. Exactly. It was because of the amount of water that goes into each, like effectively the, the journey of your meat yeah. from the moment that animal is born to the yeah. moment you eat it. Mm-hmm. And I think the comparison was 4,000 litres a day yeah. go into your meal if, as a meat eater yeah. in mm. comparison to 300 litres a day crazy, if, if, if you are completely crazy. plant-based. Yeah. Uh, so then I'm just trying to think about this because so so you came up with the you saw the area you wanted to go in. Mm-hmm. But like how do you then go and create something that authentic? Like there must be a lot of science behind that. In terms of the product. In terms of the product, yeah. Yeah, there there is some science actually. Um so we and this is probably an area that I I can't sort of vomit too many details on because it's yeah um, I was going to say yeah um, but to not be too boring about it that there is a lot of science um, I wouldn't say there's an off-putting amount of science so mm-hmm. there's no chemical science we're not putting wacky stuff in there yeah 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 but what we are doing is uh, using technology relatively new technology to um, change the the makeup of plants basically. Um, so we, we actually denature the proteins in peas and soybeans mm-hmm. um, to then make them fibrous like meat. Mm-hmm. Um, I s- probably should have brought you samples actually to try. I'm really sorry. I, I just was rushing around That's today. But when you try it, you can see that um, it's it's well, it's a lot like chicken and, yeah. and our bacon product is a lot like bacon. I can show you. I mean, I don't know if this is, is this off-putting for the for the recording no no no, no we, can, we, can, anyway, yeah, exactly. so we can always cut it out it well i can terrible. show you so so our bacon product um, seen it. on there i it, saw the, the web chicken at the moment one. isn't too easy to find is it because no. it's via the instagram page yeah yeah it's yeah. not we're not promoting yet really yeah um, which is what i thought but i did see the chicken the chicken and it does, it look, does look like chicken yeah the chicken like it looks a lot like chicken our bacon is terrifyingly close like this is um <laughs> our bacon cooking i'll turn the sound would you want the sound on yeah the sound, sound on, on. Yeah, if, if, if so we... so this is our last factory trial um and that's our bacon <laughs> product sizzling in the pan that is um, ridiculous yeah so you can see this organic streakiness to it yeah yeah that was very 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 hard to achieve um and we basically um the way we're doing that we're actually patenting um like at great cost annoyingly but, um yeah but we want to protect it mm. because it's it's super clever um and so yeah that's our bacon our chicken looks a lot like chicken mm. um i'm well both p and i are not going to launch something um if it doesn't if you know if, if it can't fool people mm-hmm. that's the acid test yeah yeah um like there are a lot of vegan brands out there that will launch lots and lots of products um you know there's there's one in particular i can think of who's kind of a market leader in the uk um they have over 100 products mm-hmm. and they in my view just indiscriminately launch products because that's obviously their remit that's given to them by yeah, the management. Yeah, yeah. and some of them are like frankly a bit embarrassing i'd say mm-hmm. um don't resemble the meat they're intending to resemble and that's not going to be our ethos our ethos is going to be can it fool someone and satisfy someone who's a meat eater yeah if yes launch if no no obviously don't launch okay. that's that's the way yeah, we yeah, approach it and then what about taste yeah 
Um, well, taste, uh, yeah, again, tastes like chicken, tastes like bacon. Oh, that's crazy. Um, it's, it's, look, it's not perfect. So, yeah, yeah, of course. Like, we're not quite there yet where, you know, we could have a conversation about it and then I could give you a blind taste. Like, if you were alert, you'd know. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, but, but I'm pretty sure that if you, um, some of the stuff we've, we're developing, like, pretty sure if I just gave it to you and said it was chicken or just didn't even mention it, I think you probably wouldn't know. If I, if I hid it in a pasta or something. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So that's what we're going for. Okay. Um, it's, I just find it so And that's only at the moment because obviously yeah. it's going to improve as time goes on. Yeah, that's the hope, yeah. So, um, well. Yeah. I, I do think it's unbelievable. And I, d- I know it might get a bit boring, but I just find it fascinating how you've gone from, like, the idea to then... Like finding out how you actually do this stuff. Yeah. It well, seems like a kind of crazy process. Yeah, it's fun as well. Um, because you learn so much. Yeah. You know, you have to do a mini, you know, a mini kind of uh, thesis on it almost. Mm-hmm. You, you just, uh, it involves, well, it involves meeting um, the th- kind of thought leaders in whatever space you're in. So for the first few months, we were just going around the country and often abroad, meeting people and speaking to people who... Um, we're doing the most interesting things mm-hmm. um, so that we learn, you know, what's what's going on in this space at the leading edge. And then once we've done that, um, we actually uh, onboarded um, a really good scientist to help us uh, and a couple of other people we onboarded to make sure that we were doing the best, you know, development, product development that we could be doing. Um, and then that's where we are now, pretty much. And um, it's only bacon and chicken at the moment. Yeah. Those are going to be our two launch products. Yep. So we're going to do bacon rashes like you just saw. Yep. And then we're going to do bacon lardons. So mm-hmm. they'll go yep. in like pastas or um, salads or whatever. And then we're going to do chicken. Um, mm-hmm. The chicken's going to be ready to eat and also ready to cook. So covering like both bases. The ready to cook will be like just uh, fairly plain so that you can do what you want with it. And then the ready to eat will be a bit more like finished. Could you eat it raw? Yes. You, 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 we, we, the ready to cook um, you can eat raw but it's better to brown it off yeah. so that it fits in better to your dish and it takes on flavours as well really well so like if you put it in a sauce it'll take on the sauce quite well there's so much to think about like you wouldn't even I would never think of, I mm. suppose you're going to think about it if you're in it but, mm. but I suppose make a good like the background of burgers has helped because it's not exactly. you're not just selling like a piece of steak you are selling a combination of flavours on mm-hmm. everything do you reckon you've sort of fallen back on that a bit or just use some of the combinations flavor combinations in this or not so much i'd say that we've definitely fallen back on our um experience at chosen one because and it was deliberately that was deliberately the case because you know we we we're not strangers to food product development um albeit like in a different kind of setting Mm -hmm. um but you know we've made like really good side dishes before we've made um different burger recipes and all sorts of stuff and and that's helped us because we're not strangers in the development kitchen we know how to speak to development chefs and flavorists and stuff um so that 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 has helped for sure do you think another barrier to being vegetarian vegan is the cost because i don't know how obviously like you're Uh, going to sort of spread in terms of volume Mm -hmm. as in want to be on shelves at no different price of of chicken Mm -hmm. etc is that sort of stood in the way previously? What, for people onboarding to veganism? Yeah, yeah, trying to. Are they just finding that they're spending an awful lot more money even though they're not actually buying vegetable uh, in meat or...? Yeah, um, it depends, uh, I'd say, boringly, sorry. Yeah, I don't know. Boring answer. But, um, <laughs> Sit on the fence, don't want to, we sorry. don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, so it depends because I think what you find is that brands with scale, uh, you know, real scale production are cheaper. So for instance, corn. Mm. Corn is, is affordable, I would say. Um, I is that think with all their uh, multitude of, of products they've got on the <laughs> shelf. Uh, well, I wouldn't couldn't say, but but they but they are um, they are affordable, um, and generally speaking, they're shit, but they're affordable. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. I mean, they're they're um that they are affordable, and then at the other end, you have got more artisanal brands who are really expensive. We will start off um, around the same price as like pros like more processed meats, so. You know, if you take like the cheapest, cheapest raw chicken breast, like Sainsbury's Basics mm-hmm. or whatever the equivalent, like we're not going to be quite there. That's about eight pound a kilo. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be at the let's say char grilled chicken pieces pack yeah. level, which is about fifteen to twenty quid a kilo uh, in retail. Mm. Uh-huh. So what that means is about three fifty a pack or something like that. Yeah, that's not that bad, is it? Um, so that's that's where where we are anticipating being. Uh-huh. And then as as hopefully we grow. Uh, we will definitely become affordable because our our ingredients are um, peas and soybeans, and in the meat, you know, the meat food chain, those um, those kinds of grain, those those kinds of foods, sorry, are being fed to the animals to then grow the, grow their protein, yeah, yeah, which in turn takes loads of water and loads of land and everything. So it's actually a much kind of cheaper process in principle. So you're deleting w- a lot of the steps yeah. that take it takes for meat to be. Sort of farmed yeah. the yeah. damaging steps as well. Yeah, mm. it's unbelievably inefficient way to deliver protein via animal meat. It's ludicrous actually, because you grow protein, then you feed the protein <laughs> to an animal who then creates more protein, but like not efficiently, and then it's really stupid. Mm. Uh, w- was that an issue you were like passionate about before? No, it's, it wasn't really. To be honest, I'm not going to lie. No. Be a massive sellout if it was. <laughs> uh, it wasn't. It wasn't really. And it's look. I am not a vegan campaigner. Yeah, yeah. I'll be honest. Um, and you can see that from our YouTube video, our TED talk. <laughs> we are going to talk about that it. still. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I'm not a vegan campaigner. However, I would say that I have been. I have been enlightened a little bit over the last few months as to how silly, really, meat production kind of is, um, and and our mass consumption of it. Um, so yeah, I'd say that's where I am on, in terms of um, feeling passionately about it. Because because this isn't a product that's meant for like your hardcore vegan don't kill any animals, is it? Mm-hmm. No, because those people don't like the taste of flesh anyway. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so it's not. It's for the ninety four percent. Yeah. Um, it's for it's for the meat eaters. Have you managed to? I suppose you haven't launched yet, but I assume you've been like doing sort of taste tests and that kind of thing. Yeah. Have you convinced people that like once this is out to crack on and start start eating it? Well, we haven't really done any consumer stuff at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have given all of our investors and potential investors that we met um, yeah. tastings. Yeah, and there have been a f- quite a few people who've said, "God, I had no idea this was possible." Like, and you know, we're talking about generally speaking older men who are successful mm-hmm. and often quite bullish and mm-hmm. just not your typical vegetarian food eaters. Um, and those kind of people, generally speaking, almost invariably actually have said like, yeah, I'd eat this. Um, and we've got investment on the back of a lot of those conversations. So, um, yeah, I think people have been pleasantly surprised. I suppose that's the one thing with like a disruptive food product. Mm-hmm. You can actually yeah, yeah. give it to them yeah. to eat off the back of sort of no promises and just go tell us what you think. Mm-hmm. And if it proves them wrong, 
then you're on to a winner. Yeah. And one thing I... So you talk about like the, the older gentleman that is typically bullish. We're obviously interviewing lots of millennials and as a millennial generation, we're quite different to those sort of older than us. Do you think because we're more socially responsible as a generation, there's more of a... Like the niche isn't so much of a niche that you could tap into? Is that part of your thinking or have you almost just not got lucky that's probably a bad way of saying it but there is definitely going to be a bigger target market with how we sort of approach sociable oh, yeah, and social that. responsible topics so so do you do you, do you mean uh i'm do you mean like is it is it fortunate and helpful that um the vast majority of millennials are like more, more open socially? and yeah. more open to giving up meat yeah yeah definitely i'd say so you know, this is um, the various circumstances that have led us to where we are now in terms of starting this brand. Um, definitely, they include a change in a change in kind of landscape socially. So, like people are, as you say, they're way more conscious of all the issues around m- declining your meat consumption. Mm. So, yeah, definitely, I'd say that was an important factor in in us deciding to start this business. Yeah, it potentially has that massive leg, doesn't it? Yeah. No, we'll, we'll we'll talk about sort of your goals and like the future for it towards the end. But I'm just, I do think it's a really cool idea. And I, I didn't, I didn't think when I sort of started researching it yesterday that it would be possible to like make something that even just in that video that that kind of resembles meat that well. Mm. Um, I don't know. It's like effectively frying a vegetable. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What we've just we've just seen on that video, mm. but obviously, looks like bacon and Taking sounds bacon. like it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, it's like I said, it's it's not, it's not a flawless match. Mm. Yeah. If, if I said to you, look, one of these is a meat alternative, and like you could tell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's it's getting to the point where, um, yeah, we could we could, people would be. I think I hope and think people would be comfortable like eating it instead of meat, you know, and mm. and and not miss meat whilst doing it. Mm. But I do think we now need to We've talk about talk the about TED, talk. TED Talk. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it, it was rogue. Like, mm. the only way I can put it. But in, in but a good way. Yeah, that's the <laughs> thing about TED Talks. You can't say something vanilla. Yeah. Because you're on there for a reason. And you, you're you on there almost more as a disruptor yeah, to yeah. the norm. Oh, rather quite, than just go, oh, well, we've, uh, yeah, we've created a plant-based thing and mm. we're full-on vegans. So Yeah, I mean, the, the brief from... The organization TED is uh, you have to come up with an idea worth sharing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's not actually um, mandatory for it to be at all controversial or anything. No, that, no, that no. Was purely our uh, yeah, <laughs> volunteering. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's like it's going down um, with definitely mixed reviews. Yeah, we won't like spoil it because we'll put all the links and stuff to it whenever we post. But but we, at but, the beginning, yeah. you do come on eating a Big Mac is what yeah. we will say. Yeah. Like why? Why did you actually decide to do that? Because I thought it was like, actually super clever. Mm. Uh, but like, how do you? Yeah. What? We just thought um, it might be arresting for people and grab their attention, <laughs> and you know, t- to say in our first couple of sentences um, that we're going to lecture them on vegan food, yeah, and eating more vegan food whilst eating a Big Mac. We just thought would pique people's, uh, you know, interest, mm-hmm. and. Um, it was it was pretty much as simple as that, really, uh, because you know we just thought 
they might we might make people think hey this is going to be a slightly unconventional talk i might listen more yeah 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 um basically 100% 100% have you looked at the uh, the comments yeah it's getting <laughs> it's getting more and more interesting it is um, it really is i don't know if you've looked today i have yeah yeah, yeah. for about 15 20 minutes scrolling yeah there are that. more there are more as literally probably as we're speaking someone's <laughs> trying to find out my address <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, look, it's 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 the, the it's definitely um, ruffled some feathers, and I've chosen not to engage and sit and be a keyboard warrior mm-hmm. because I just think a I'm really busy, and at the moment with you know this stuff, and 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 b I just think you know, it's just it's good that the conversation's going on. Yeah, but yeah. I don't necessarily need to be part of it. They're missing the mark on quite a lot of them because they don't. Because you refer yeah. to it as being a bad vegan, don't you? Yeah, and a lot of their problem is not as a lifestyle you should be mostly plant-based and then have the odd thing that doesn't fall into the vegan category yeah and they say if you cheat on veganism you are therefore not a vegan Mm. and that seems to be most of their problem on the comments and they have made that quite clear Mm. yeah yeah i mean i think that there's there's a fairly fundamental misunderstanding on the part of some people in that uh, what we tried to do with the idea of bad veganism and our talk is to try to repackage veganism and make it more relatable mm. whilst also taking into account that there are going to not just us there are, there are, there is this now introduction to the market of like much more convincing meat alternatives mm-hmm. so it's basically that that that's the idea behind bad veganism like it's it's because you've got flexitarianism which is kind of like eating a bit less meat yeah, mm. yeah yeah but i guess the nuance is that with bad veganism you're a meat eater who can almost carry on eating meat but mm. it's like convincing plant-based meat yeah yeah exactly or, yeah, or, I, I or lab-grown meat or whatever it, it seemed to me that the people that took issue was purely on like an animal rights grounds mm. in terms of like you're preaching veganism but you're eating meat mm. which is i mean like obviously they didn't just put it as eating meat, did they? They were no, but you're that's not your target, is it? Like you're looking at the environmental side of things, but also you're targeting the people that are currently eating meat. Yeah, yeah, we talk. Tar- I mean, we don't mind if vegans and vegetarians. No, no, of course, of course, but 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 we we are targeting predominantly the meat eaters. Um, there's a certain irony, I think, in in our comments section of that video because um, there's the video is 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 kind of all about how a lot of meat eaters find veganism unrelatable yes and like if you know we made the point in the talk that um you know often if you transgress at all as you know as, as a tr- someone trying to be a vegan then you get shot down and, and yeah, obviously true. in the comment section we're being shot down and vilified even though our overall aim is to get people to eat less meat mm-hmm. um i'd say that there are some ideologues who are such ideologues that they can't see that actually we're going for the same kind of bullseye in the end yeah exactly um it's not an overnight process is it yeah and the, and the other irony of, of of all the berating is that we may well end up if if we are successful um causing so much more change yeah, yeah, than, yeah, yeah, than yeah, yeah people yeah, who are exactly. heckling us mm. yeah yeah it's um, so true like so yeah, it's a bit silly but yeah it is quite funny i wrote down some of the quotes here <laughs> <laughs> some of them really amused me give uh, us your best one well, I didn't write the one the person was talking about killing dogs, mm. but that was probably the most amusing, <laughs> that was the most amusing by far. Uh, 
Um, you might need to give that some context rather than just go oh, the killing dogs one oh, was no, amusing. I'm not on the Wi-Fi here. I was, I'm gonna re- I'm gonna find it and read out. But there's all this stuff about oh you are a vegan, either you are a vegan or you aren't. This is throwing vegans under the bus was quite a good one. Mm. Uh, and how veganism is ethical because you how did you define veganism in the talk? Because it was not what I've got written down here that some someone said. From memory, the Vegan Society says that uh, you have a um, a non-animal-based diet. Yeah. You know, you don't eat any animal animal meat, and and you don't use animal-based products at all, mm-hmm. including all makeups and leather goods and all that kind of stuff. Um, and and yeah, you, no, nothing that animals have had any uh, input into the production of, basically. Uh huh. That's broadly speaking. So, would you say, as this person says, that it's an ethical belief? No, a lot of people on the comments have talked about a philosophy. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, how actually veganism is a philosophy. Uh, it isn't a philosophy. It's, in my view, it's an, it's an ideology. Yeah. Um, and the two are different. And uh, so, so yeah, I, I don't think it's a philosophy at all. Um, but, look, I mean, I'm definitely not doing all this to, and nor is Pete, to... Um, to, to sort of wade into the politics of it. No, of mm. course. Yeah, um, yeah. We, we, we just, we just want to, um, like, we just want to try and create a brand that's, that's more relatable um, to, to the majority of people. Because quite often, the politics of it isn't what makes the change, you know? People mm-hmm. get caught up in the bickering, as we yeah. can clearly see. The mm. bickering is, and the politics is more likely to put you off. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Eat more meat exactly. just to sort yeah. of shove their faces in it yeah. wrong, <laughs> rather than anything. Yeah, it's it's that I th- in my view those those people are the people who kind of cut off the nose to spite the face. Mm, hugely, and, and it's like it's so funny because they are the reason why so many of us yeah. don't turn to veganism. Hugely, um, because they create a kind of pressure cooker environment, and you know it's either their way or the highway. You have to be perfect, or yeah. you're yeah, not yeah, a vegan. Yeah, yeah. It's almost it's almost that they make it about them and how how ethical their lifestyle mm. is. And therefore, like anything else, is falling short. Mm. It's just yeah. gone. I've, I've got the dog quote. This is, I just, this is so weird. Uh, it says, "This is from I'm going to call you out, Rich Wilson, <laughs> who ironically has a picture of a cow in a suit as his thing." Anyway, it says these guys are absurd. They are not bad vegans. They are non-vegans. It's like saying I'm a bad non-dog eater. I still occasionally think it's acceptable to slice a dog's throat for my convenience and pleasure. You know, a bag, a bad non-dog eater. It has got seventy-five likes. So <laughs> I know. the crowd like it. I just, I'd say almost he's he's doing himself a disservice yeah. by by likening his lifestyle to killing dogs. I would agree. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I was like a dog murderer. To be honest, um, <laughs> no. Well, that's what the episode's going to be titled. So yeah, yeah. I yeah. suppose that's what a dog murderer yeah. would say. Yeah. To be fair. yeah, it is interesting though, and I, I would recommend going and listening to that talk because it is really good. And Thanks. even if you don't listen to it, the comment section is very amusing. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. read the comments. <laughs> um, uh, right, Ross. Should we have a little brief break and I then think so. uh, come back with the game? Definitely. Okay, cool. Okay, so uh, welcome back, everyone. Um, and for so, without further ado, I think we should start this week's game. Yeah. So, Andy, like I've just explained to you, we have a game each uh, episode. We try and tailor it as much as we can to the guests. And so today, uh, today's game is called Meat and Two Veg. <laughs> so I'm going to give you three celebrities. Yeah. Two of which 
are the vegetarians, and one of them is a meat eater. And we've got to guess the meat eater? You've got to guess the meat eater. Uh-huh. I've got seven questions, and it is, it is a competition, so uh, we shall see how this goes. Do you have a pen? I do. Okay, right. Go on then, Ross. Okay, so the first question in Meat and Two Veg today. Ellen DeGeneres, Monty Panasar, or Meatloaf? <laughs> Monty Panasar. Um, no, that's not my answer. Actually, no, no. I'll, uh, yeah, you, Andy, you can I think first. Meatloaf is the meat eater. I think <laughs> Monty Panasar is the meat eater. It is Meatloaf, <laughs> although he did used to, he did used to be a vegetarian. Huh, yeah. Interesting. I know. Crazy. I thought that'd be some classic <laughs> irony. So, <laughs> Andy goes irony. one nil up. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Mon- um, yeah, maybe Monty Panasar. So. Number two, we've got an all-boxers round. <laughs> Mike Tyson, Anthony Joshua, or David Hay? Oh, mate, that is so difficult. What, which one is... Which one is the meat-eater? Uh, I, I've, I've literally got no idea. I'm going to go Mike Tyson as the meat-eater. i actually also going to go Mike Tyson. It's Anthony Joshua. Really? Mike Tyson, really? he likes an ear, but doesn't like meat. <laughs> that is unbelievable. <laughs> I was thinking like new breed of athletes, they, you know, mm. champion. Wow. Well, I was just play. thinking Mike Tyson getting on the end of that, like, concept. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No offense, yeah. Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes, I can do that. <laughs> okay. Number three. We've got Natalie Portman, Christian Bale, and Brad Pitt. This is such a stupid game that is impossible. <laughs> there are, honestly I've been googling them all day so you, I genuinely don't think I'm going to get one right okay can you read the names please Natalie Portman Christian Bale and Brad Pitt okay Andy go first okay I happen to know that one of these people is definitely a vegetarian so or she's not a, a vegan. stupid one um, well, Natalie Portman's got a bit of a vegetarian she's also a vegan isn't she she is a vegan uh, <laughs> and then and then the other two were Brad Pitt and who's Christian that Bale Christian Bale I think that Christian Bale is, is a little bit too self-centred to be a vegan. I was also going to say Christian Bale. It is Christian Bale. <laughs> he, he did have quite a long period of his life where he did uh, he was a, a vegetarian. Really? Mm. Yeah, Brad Pitt. Just look, yeah, they said, well, when he got big, I think, for Batman, Batman. he was a vegetarian. And they were saying that made wow. it even better. So you've done a lot of work today then, Ross? Late. Yeah, we got okay. a sports round. A sports <laughs> Martina Navratilova. Carl Lewis. Or Michael Phelps. Um, I think Michael Phelps is the meat eater. Andy. I think that uh, Carl Lewis. No, I think Michael Phelps is the meat eater. Ooh, it's a good save. It is Michael oh, Phelps. Ha, ha. <laughs> Can we have some scores, Ross? Uh, it is um, three two to three? Andy. Oh. Mm. See, it's not as impossible as you no, said it was no, gonna no. be. I think the first few were actually quite difficult, but you just wait. I'm just getting a feel for it now. <laughs> Question number five out of seven. Channing Tatum, Alec Baldwin, or Shania Twain? <laughs> <laughs> Channing Tatum's got to be a meat eater. I also think that, but I'm not going to say it because, you know, you know, I might get one up here. So I'm going to say, what was it? Shane Tatum, Alec Baldwin, Alec Baldwin, Alec Baldwin, Shane Twain. I'm going to go rogue. I'm going to say Shane Twain. No, he's Channing Tatum. Oh, <laughs> that was, <laughs> that was got, reckless. Yeah. <laughs> and that was around when you're down. So Alec Baldwin is a is a vegetarian, mm. and so I was going to try and make a round with a bonus 
point, and it was all going to be baddies from Team America. Uh, oh, yeah. Mm, yeah. Didn't didn't quite work. No. Couldn't find another one. Although I'm not sure about Matt Damon, who owns the water company. Mm-hmm. That's why. Okay, mm-hmm. ah. number six. ASAP Rocky, JME or Akon? Wait, what? I don't know who any of those people are. <laughs> They're rappers. <laughs> oh, um, God, I'm so white. <laughs> <laughs> I think Jeremy's definitely a vegetarian. I think ASAP Rocky will be the meat eater in that. <laughs> Such a disadvantage. <laughs> I, thought, I thought they were companies you were listing. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel like they actually could be like... <laughs> yeah. They're very similar. <laughs> Oh god, it's so embarrassing. Um, can I have the brand names again? ASAP Rocky, JME, or Akon? Come on, I think Akon is the meaty sir. Akon is, is the meaty. Oh. <laughs> as if, as if. Okay. This is now the final. Question. I've lost, mate. I've lost. You have, but this is the final <laughs> question. You can make it better. Yeah. So we've got Paul McCartney. Yeah. Woody Harrelson. And the 14th Dalai Lama. <laughs> <laughs> is that the latest well, yeah, Dalai I was Lama? Say, is that the latest one? Yes, that is. I, I'm going to go... I'm going to go... Actually, no, it's your, you're going to go first. Okay, so Dalai Lama, Woody Harrelson... Who's the other one? Uh, Paul McCartney. Well, Linda McCartney. Well, I can't think of my workings because then you'll nick them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm going to go with... Um, Woody Harlson's the meat eater. I'm going to say the 14th Dalai Lama is the meat eater. The 14th Dalai Lama <laughs> is, is really? the meat eater. Yeah. 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 Wow. That's that's so rogue. So, after an uh, absolutely fascinating <laughs> game. That was quite good. It is. Uh, Ross, I think that was the best one. 5-3 to Andy. Fair play, Andy. Good I'll game. Well played. You don't win anything, but yeah, no. just, just, the, uh, just, just the pride. And... and, and Raw emotion. I enjoyed that. That was mm. actually really good, Ross. Yeah, I'm just trying to see. Um, basically, Andy. There's usually mm. three of us. Yeah. Um, but Henry is in Liberia or somewhere. Asia. Traveling um, at the he's moment. He's been traveling for ages, but he actually had a question for you. Okay. We've been asking him to do this for literally Ooh, months. We had another one on Instagram actually as well today, didn't we? Yes, we did. Um, but so I just want to see because I feel like we may have talked about Henry's. It? it was basically asking about what the reception has been, and we've yeah, discussed so that. So we have, yeah. So it was more like the really video. sorry about that, Henry. But one question we did get from Instagram mm-hmm. was a possible alternative that has been growing in awareness in the last few years is meat products made from insects. How much promise do you see in this, and are people ready to eat official burgers and steaks made from ants and larvae? And could it possibly help to tr- uh, help the transitional phase to lower meat consumption? Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, we we did look at all the alternatives. So we looked at lab grown, we looked mm-hmm. at insects, all that, all that kind of. Personally, I think that the psychological sell of insects is a tough one for mm-hmm. people. Um, you know, they're talking about the the uh, kind of well, they're talking about the kind of alien nature of lab grown meat quite a lot mm-hmm. and that's a, a debate that's ongoing so for insects i think it's actually the problem compounds even more mm-hmm. um so i think that's a big factor for me is i think it might not have legs <laughs> um in that sense and also um uh aside from that it's largely quite a positive story because mm-hmm. it's very high in protein um very cheap and easy and convenient to um 
you know, to to rear. <laughs> yeah. but exactly. So when you rear your crickets, it's normally crickets, I think, is my understanding. Um, and and um, so, yeah, I think broadly speaking, my, my answer would be that it, it probably doesn't have as much promise as the other alternatives mm. um, because I think it's going to take a really long time for people to stop thinking it's kind of like gross. Yeah. Um, which is kind of irrational, really, because it's, it's probably even it's probably less gross than eating animal meat. Mm. But it's just, you know, it's a social convention. Yeah. So that's kind of been my view on it, to be mm. honest. Um, should we talk about the future? Have you got anything else? Um, yeah, I think you yeah. go to the future. I mean, I don't have any specific questions because I haven't looked at the thing. But <coughs> I suppose what are your kind of goals for the future is the biggest question. Because obviously we've kind of talked about how this has massive, massive potential. But what would you like to see it grow into? I would like... Um, I've thought about this recently, actually. Probably a bit premature. But... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, I would like to branch out into different, uh, you know, world-saving sort of solutions, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of quite pompous way of putting it. But mm-hmm. like, for instance, branch out into dairy products or even uh, fuel or um, just like it would be great if we became the brand that like, yeah, we're commercial and we want to make money, but also like we try and solve problems yeah exactly um and i think it would be really nice if we could continue um like trying to build a brand that like makes the solutions to the problems more relatable Mm -hmm. so for instance if i was like in if 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 this brand that we're trying to build was in the like car market just because i really like cars i'm always going to talk about them um then if i was you know i would try and build rather than like a really ugly like really boring um electric car that I, in my view most of them are yeah i would try and build like a ridiculously fast and aggressive looking like loud somehow electric car like you know yeah yeah, uh, yeah. It's because i think that's more relatable and little boys might put it on their wall yeah um and that's i think how you how you start and that's how you start change mm-hmm. is by getting winning over hearts and minds and i think that that's what vegan products generally in my view get wrong so they're mm-hmm. not winning the hearts and minds of the meat eaters. So, yeah, that would be what I think is how... That's, a, mm, that's a great answer. answer. I was going to ask more, but I think mm. that's like quite a nice little way to sort of sum up the future plans. Shall we just um, ask our, yes. our number one question? Yes, we should. Uh, do you want to f- ask the final question? Uh, and then I'll, mate, I I'll, I'll wrap it up. Yeah, sure. Okay, so every episode we ask the same question. And the question is... Uh, what advice would you give to a millennial who's kind of looking to follow their own goals, like start a career, start a business? Like what advice would you would you give to them? One mm. piece of advice. Mm. Just one. Mm-hmm. You've you got more. You can give, you've got yeah, more yeah, yeah, you, <laughs> we can stretch to two. Well, I don't know how qualified I am to give to give too much advice. You've had what four businesses now? Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> so like, yeah. You're probably <laughs> more, more qualified, qualified than, than yeah, <laughs> right. a lot of people. Um, uh, I would say, oh yeah, actually, yeah, I would say, I'd say that instincts are incredibly important. And I've actually learned that to my detriment recently, is that I would say that um, following your instincts is incredibly important. Um, and I personally, not to say that I am, you know, at the apex of, of you know success i'm not a tycoon um but i would say that uh kind of going with my instincts almost all of the time has benefited me quite a lot mm-hmm. and when i haven't done it it has been at my cost 
So I would say follow your instincts. So I, I almost think like I'd relate it to, um, you know, like when you go on a date, um, I'm, I'm no longer single, but I did have a long period of going on a lot of online dates, Tinder and stuff. And I think in my view, it's fair to say that in the first um, like 30 seconds to a minute, you know on a date whether it's going to work or not. And I would say that the same is true for uh, career or business decisions, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's class advice. Yeah. And it's uh, uh, one we haven't had as well. So that's actually... Mm. But yeah, I think that's perfect time that we wrapped up. Yep. Andy, cool. thank you so much for coming on. Thanks it's been for having such you. a great conversation. No, it's awesome. oh, so interesting. Yeah. Thanks, guys. So, Cheers. so interesting. Um, and obviously, once all those plans have come to fruition, absolutely love to have you on again. Cool. Definitely. Thanks. Um, yeah, definitely. But yeah, um, anyway, thank you everyone for listening. I've been Ross Jeffries. And for as long as I can remember, I've been Tom West. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Nice. The bow is a shawl.